Welcome, and thank you for tuning into Real Talk, Real Deals, stories and tips from the real world of sales, a podcast where we're talking about how to be successful in selling. This is episode five, and I'm your host, Andrea Grudnitsky. Our guest today is Patrick Lazat, one of our exceptional Richardson facilitators who brings 20 years of sales experience to his role. Patrick currently works with Fortune 500 companies across a variety of industries to upskill their sales teams. And I know he is very passionate about the topic of sales prospecting in particular, which is our topic for this podcast. Hey, Patrick, welcome. Hi, Andrea. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Great to be here, of course. Yeah, we're so happy to have you. Now, Patrick, as a way of getting started, I'd love if you would share a little bit about how you first got into the world of selling. Oh, gosh. Bring me back to memory lane right away. Um, so back in the mid-90s when I came out of university, uh, the big boom was uh, telecoms. And I've always said telecoms picked me. I didn't pick telecoms. And so I got into an area of marketing, actually, and I was doing trade shows around the world. And then at one point, I became an analyst. And during that point, I had the head of sales Europe who was asking me, because I was a resource, a bunch of questions and, all, and continuously. And at one point, I said, hey, like, do you need any help? And he went, yeah. And that's how I jumped into sales. I was literally almost like a Napoleon-ish bouncing around Europe, meaning telecom operators all over, all over the continent. Uh, promoting our technology, and uh, and that's basically how I got into sales, which evolved to Asia Pack, and and on and on and on. But that's that's how it all started, twenty five years ago. Wow, I mean, I hear a lot of different stories about how people get into sales, but but falling into it <laughs> that way <laughs> is not that typical, Patrick. Well, it's, you know, you and I have spent a lot of time talking about different topics across the sales spectrum, and you know, the topic today is is prospecting. Um, I said that you're pretty passionate about it, and I know you're you're a student of it. I'd love to hear a little bit more as you've been in the sales realm. You know, why are you in particular so passionate about prospecting? Um, great question. Uh, there's uh, this is also my therapy moment, I guess, to a certain <laughs> degree. So when it, passionate about prospecting, um, first thing it keeps us honest. Mm -hmm. There's something quite humble about prospecting. You, you, of course, we know, fortunately, we're, we're going to be rejected. There's going to be a lot of hard no's and everything. And, and um, it gets us out of our comfort zone. There's a stretch feeling hmm. to prospecting. And when you, when you really get into prospecting in its core, what I love about it is that you sit down, you have to be strategic. You have to think about, you know, what am I trying to do? You can get the creative juices going. Uh, let's let's have fun. Let's be creative. Let's put that mark. So I told you how I started marketing, and I was able to pull a lot of that leverage. And then we get into execution part, and you got to be disciplined, and you got to be driven, as we know. So what I like about about prospecting is, as you can tell from my answer, there's a mix of a whole bunch of different things that we're putting in the blender. Hmm. It's not just one ingredient. It's, it's, there's sort of different sides of my brain that are working at different times. Uh, and, and that's what I like about prospecting is I can flex on my creativity, on my execution, on my strategy. And at the same time, ultimately, as a salesperson, sometimes you just go through the motions. You have to really slow down and think, okay, in five to seven seconds, why, what do we do? 
Hmm. And to come up with a very precise answer is hard. So a bit of a longer answer, but it's a mix of different things, which is, this is exactly what I like. It's that mixture that I, that I love about prospecting. Yeah, it's interesting. I feel like when people think about the topic of prospecting, the words strategic that you said and you know, creative don't always yeah. <laughs> jump to the top of their mind, you know? Yeah, it's more like rejection. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, let's just, talk you know, about hard. that. A little, yeah, let's talk about that a little bit more because the rejection side of it is is real, you know? Uh, yeah. And I think a lot of people have this perspective that, you know, prospecting is is one of, or if not like the hardest part of selling. And I mean, aside from the obvious, like what, you've been doing this a long time. Like, why do you think that is? Why are so many people either nervous about it or feel like it's the worst or hardest part of their job in sales? When um, you, you come on board as a hunter in a sales job, the interviewer or, or interviewee and, and the hiring manager don't come up and say, hey, do you want a job where you'll be rejected 99% of the time? <laughs> it's usually not a question that is that is asked and no one's going to go oh yeah that sounds terrific uh, so so there is an unfortunate mindset to a certain degree reality and and so consequently where where we need to do is is change our, our perception on that a little bit and mm-hmm. see hey listen i what can i do to educate the marketplace how can i reach out to people and have fun and just you know, be good, be a good spokesperson. Am I going to sell to everyone? No, of course not. But can I at least educate people and find out if there's a common interest and continue the discussion? Absolutely. So the problem is, is that when people really get nervous about prospecting is too, too much. They're trying to just shove and sell their products and service right away to someone they just met. And it's a hard swallow. No way. Feels, it's not going to happen. Un, that's unnatural too. It's unnatural. I mean, I, I'm not going to say, I'm not, think of all of us, we all get way too many emails nowadays. I don't just even so many phishing text messages and everything. We can smell them from a, a mile away. So we need to stand out. It, there's also, unfortunately, the, the bad perception. Mm. We've got salesperson on our foreheads. And so we're coming from a, little, a mile away and people are noticing and they know and they're, and they're thinking, oh, no, 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 I'm going to put my guard up. I don't want to be talking to this person because they're just trying to try to sell me something. Hmm. Let's spin that a little bit. Don't try selling something. Try to educate people. Just see if they've got an interest to learn more about what you got to share and say. Hmm. This is such a, I guess, a mindset shift you're talking about. Yeah. Here. Yeah. Starting point, you know. And this, uh, we talked about this in a previous podcast, um, you know, the idea of sales being something noble, you know, and putting yeah. prospecting in that mind frame as well. I think, um, you know, that you are educating the market. I, I love that way of thinking about it. You, you have to, uh, to, to your part there, be, being noble, um, you have to be driven in that you can help your clients. Mm-hmm. You can help your prospect. Now, it, don't get me wrong. I mean, we're going to call upon people and it's not a guarantee that I know for sure I can help you, but you know what? I, I I've got a strong belief that, you know, there's something here to, to unpack. Let's get together and figure it out or not. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of unpacking, let's go there, Patrick. Cause I, I bet people are really <laughs> curious to hear, you know, your perspective. Uh, you work with salespeople, right. Who are trying to improve their yeah. skills all the time. I'd love to first kind of start with, before you tell us the golden nuggets, like what are the biggest mistakes that you see salespeople make when it comes to prospecting so let me let me 
uh, drill down a little bit more on the one I've already tapped into. And the first one is definitely uh, just trying to sell my products and service in 15 seconds. Uh, it's just, it's a hard sell. It's not going to happen. Uh, doesn't make any sense. No matter the medium you're talking about, it just, it just doesn't make any common sense. I'm a very common sense person. And I, I live and drive by the rule that if it makes good common sense, it makes good business sense. If you're trying to pitch me something in 15 seconds, I ain't going to take it. It's just too much to swallow right away. That doesn't make any sense. So that's the number one. Um, and I'll spin that. And I'll say, you know what? So don't, don't try to sell me your products and service. Sell me the meeting. Mm-hmm. And what do I mean by that is, listen, let's, let's connect for 15, 20 minutes. I, again, I got a strong belief and passion that, you know, there's something potentially here, but ultimately I don't know. I'm going to be a little bit humble. Um, you'll learn. At minimum, you'll learn. If there's one thing that I've always seen, and we've all seen with executives, is an endless thirst for continuous improvement. Hmm. And they always want to know what's going on. How 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 am I, do I benchmark against other peers, against other companies? So when you're reaching out to people for a last time, don't sell the products and service. Sell the meeting and ask them for interest. I, I've been stretching that one recently. We come up to prospecting, and the last thing we typically do is we ask for time. Hmm. What is our number one most valuable resource? Any person, anywhere in the world. Yeah, it's time. I don't have time, time. for anything. Yeah. And then we come along as a hey, Andrea. You know, let me take twenty seconds right now. And by the way, can you give me more time <laughs> after twenty seconds? No, because it's our number one most valuable resource. So instead of asking for people's time. Let's do ourselves a favor. Let's, and I say ourselves, both the seller and, and the prospect, hmm. let's ask them for interest. Yeah. Do you have an interest in doing it? So when, I, when we get through that a little bit uh, in the workshops and, and all this, the work we're doing, you can see almost a sigh of relief in the room. People kind of go, oh, you're, my God, yeah. I want to take all that pressure off your shoulders and just make it lighter, make it healthier. Yeah. That is, that does feel a bit more attainable, right? Instead of trying to nail a sale or, you know, it's, it's just sell interest. I mean, it's such a good way to think about it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and don't ask for time right away. Don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, you smell blood, go for the kill. <laughs> uh, that said, don't, don't ask for time out of the gates. Let's, let's just ask for interest. Yeah. It, this again, common sense. The person expresses or confirms interest, well, guess what? Now you can more leisurely walk into the ask of time. Hmm. So what else, Patrick? Like, what else do you see um, in terms of some of the, the mistakes that people make? Um, it's amazing how, and, and uh, fortunately, again, I'm going to be showing my age and my gray hair. You know, there's a podcast and people thankfully don't see my gray hair. <laughs> um, we've lost the, the art of networking a little bit with the internet. I was, so I was thinking about this early when I started uh, that sales job. And, uh, and I was, uh, again, bouncing around Europe and uh, talking to all the operators. Uh, this is mid, mid nineties. So internet is starting and it's just emails and, and so forth. Uh, I was reaching out to the local embassies in all of our countries. And it's saying, hi, I'm Patrick uh, with uh, this company and I'm trying to get to the right person with your local operator. Network, 
network, literally network people, ask for referrals, try to make connection. We try to, we, sometimes we make it more complicated. And don't get me wrong, there's a lot of greenfield and we have to go after people that we can't get to. But please be strategic. Look at who's in your circle of trust and who can I network from there, leverage resources, associations, whatever it is. Hmm. And and oddly enough, internet has sort of slowed that down a little bit. Yeah, there's LinkedIn, and I'm I'm convinced being a prospecting podcast, we'll talk about LinkedIn soon. Yeah. Uh, but I find that we we've lost that sort of edge of just you know exchanging cards and and keeping a live network and going to associations doing stuff. Um, get out there, talk to people, learn to people. Who are they talking to, and see if you can bridge them over to if it's, you can get bridge over to them. Yeah, it's kind of like you're talking about also having a, a longer term view of prospecting. You know, I think sometimes yeah. potentially sellers get so wrapped up in just getting the meeting. And that's important. It is. But, you know, you're also talking about doing some of the more strategic things to, to increase the odds that you will right over time by, by building out your network. I'll, I'll give you, Andrew, one, one, one third and last one on this one. I mean, we could, and there probably could be like 17 things I could tell you about what mistakes sellers are doing. And by the way, if there's 17 things, I did 20 of them uh, yeah. back in the day. Um, you got to tailor your message. Hmm. You have to talk to the other person. We, again, everyone listening knows it and sees it. We get a message and we can smell it from a mile away. Mm -hmm. This is just a robot. They put, you know, hello, fill in first name, comma. I saw you are, insert title. You know, it, it's it, no, you got to show right away the person you're talking to them that you wrote literally this message for them. Hey, Andrea, great to finally connect. I know you're chief marketing officer at Richardson. You've been there for, you know, 10 years ish. And that currently on, on a previous podcast, you, you mentioned this statement, like, wow, okay, this person totally, yeah, this is for me. I get it. You need to that. The, the generic messages don't come out of nowhere. And I'll, I'll push. So this is where I'll push my, my participants and my, my attendees. I'll say, listen, imagine you're at a trade event, a cocktail, whatever it is. And in my case, hey, I see Andrea. I've been trying to get to Andrea for a while. I'm going to go up to her. Am I going to go, hey, Andrea, I'm Patrick. I'm with Richardson. I'm a, a, one of the facilitators. And we've been around for over 40 years. We actually started from Linda Richardson. And we got a great number of programs in our program. We have prospecting. <laughs> of course, we got negotiations. We got consultants selling. No. I mean, Andrea, I just walked would, away. Yeah. I you walked, walked away. You're calling security. <laughs> You're, I'm getting escorted out of the room. Please just talk to me. Yeah. Write the email. So you got to tailor the message. And unfortunately, and I say the word unfortunately, that comes at a cost. Here's that word again of time. Hmm. There you go. So I'll, I'll, we'll start with those. But okay, those Andrea, are good where ones. you want to go you. next? Yeah, I mean, Patrick, you're you're sort of starting to get into maybe then some of what what you actually teach people because I know you said there's there's a lot of there's a lot of traps and difficulty in prospecting, but um, there are ways through. There are ways to be strategic and creative. So maybe expanding on the point you just made about tailoring your message. I mean, what Let's start there. You know, well, what do you, what do you, what do you teach people? What do you tell them so they can get better at that? So if I'm going to tailor a message and again, I'm, I'm, since you're, you're in front of me here and, and I'm, I'm tar you're my target, you're, <laughs> you're my prospect I'm going to go after. I got to start with research. 
I got to start with knowledge. I find that salespeople, we tend to undermine the, the amount of knowledge and insight we have that we hmm. bring to the table. We, we really do undermine it. We, we're either, surprisingly enough, humble or shy about it. It's amazing how, and then don't, I want to be clear, we can't start name dropping when you're not allowed. If, let me go, let me stick on operators here because it was a theme from earlier. Well, if I worked with operator in the UK and the next thing you know, I'm in Belgium. Well, guess what? I have some insight and knowledge I can bring to the Belgium operator that I got from the UK without necessarily, again, breaking any, any code of ethics or anything like that. So please, you have to start with knowledge. You got to learn. We got to bring something to the table. We're sell the meeting and they're going to learn. That's the first thing I want I want you to do. Then, and we got to be we got to keep it disciplined because the easiest thing we can do is oh yeah, yeah, I'll get to that. I'll get to that at, at 9:30 tonight as I I watch the game. No, it's got to be in your outlook. It's got to be this is golden because this is what clients expect from you. Yep. There's um, there's a, a research from Forrester that was published a couple of years ago, and they asked, you know, what what do you expect from sellers? And four out of the five things that are mentioned have to do that how much we need to know about them, their industry, their business, their challenges, relevant case studies. It's it, you read this and you're like, well, come on, that's unfair. It's like I got to be working at the company, but you know what? Too bad. That's the expectation. Mm. Take the time, put it in. Then from there, we got to put a plan in, in place. Uh, we talk a lot about cadence in, in, our, in our sessions, how you got to have multiple touches at the beginning. You really got to show me, you know, knock, knock. And I don't know how Andrea is going to connect. Does she, does she prefer more via LinkedIn? Does she prefer via a voice message or on the phone? Is she going to prefer via email? Listen, let's Go out of the go out of the box. She like a personalized letter. Who knows? So we're gonna do multiple touches in in the between. We're gonna do medium touches at a medium cadence. And after a while, listen, I'm gonna tamper away and I'm gonna just do a few little touches at the end. Hmm. So cadence is a big, big thing in prospecting, and that's that's been said for for decades now. It just resonates with people because it shows, okay, wow, this person wanted wants to talk to me. But I can't keep that high pressure because then after a while, it's like, whoa, whoa, you're, you're too much. Yeah. I mean, we still find, Patrick, that even though people know you have to give it several goes, that most salespeople stop too soon. You know, they think, well, if after three times of trying, yeah, I haven't gotten a response, then they're not interested. And that's not always the case. Sometimes it's timing. Sometimes it's the medium, right? You, um, it, you'd be amazed to see how. A um, couple of things. When, when you're when you're sending multiple messages, and I want to be clear, and we're not going to unpack everything here in 20 minutes, but yeah. we never want to repeat the same message twice. Well, again, I'm always bringing a little bit of a different angle, a little bit of a different piece. But just by sending those different little messages and little drips, you're starting to build credibility. You're starting to build awareness. Um, you'd be amazed also on how the last message I would always send is, "Hey, listen, you know, Andrea, haven't heard from you." I'm going to, I'm going to right now walk away partially or just part-time and with the belief that, you know what, this isn't the best time for you. Uh, I'm always here to talk. So, but, but we'll call a goodbye email for now. Hmm. And that more often than not got the best response. And the reply would always be Patrick. I'm so sorry. They would apologize, which is funny because I'm like, I'm like, it's okay. You didn't do anything wrong. They would apologize and say, I'm so sorry. 
I've been so busy. I've been meaning to reach back to you. This is important. I'm dealing with this right now. Hey, it's April. Let's connect in July. You, Yes, we got to connect. Perfect. I'll take that as a win any day. Yeah. You know, you just touched on one of like the things I can't stand when people prospect into me, which is the same message over and over or the worst <laughs> of them all, which is they take the email they sent me and then they forward it to me and say, or reply and say, just putting this to the top of your inbox. And I'm thinking, oh my goodness, you yeah. know, nothing new to say. It drives me nuts. But it's, you know, you're this concept of having different messages. Do you have any guidance for people there around like, are there different kinds of messages they should be using or different ways to go about structuring, you know, either an email or a message to, or voicemail even to a, to a potential customer? So, so the, the really uh, coolest thing I find about where, where we've gone with the program in, in, these, in the last year here with Richardson is, is we've now teach people four different message types. Four. Mm -hmm. um, again, uh, self-reflection. Dummy Patrick here kept using the same format one over and over again. And, I real, and then suddenly I realized, wait a minute, why, why do I keep sending the same format? And I'll, I'll give you the headers without necessarily diving into every one of them. Uh, the, 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 the grandparent of them all is what we call the value statement. And the value statement is really right away, show them you know something about their pain, something that's important to them. Really, really quick, what is it we do, why they should care. Uh, the second one we, we talk about is what we call menu of pain. And menu of pain is really cool. Is even though I've done all the research, still in a position where I'm not 100% certain. So I'm going to list a few different pain items or things that are important to you. But I'm also going to bridge that, you know what, where I can, I've helped other people like you solve these pain problems, love to connect and see how we can, we can, um, how you could learn about what we did there. So sell the meeting. Mm -hmm. Customer success story, which was my usual go-to and, and it is for a lot of people. Hey, listen, I work with this company. They did this with our products and solutions. They got value out of it. And the fourth and final one is a, what we call a value proposition, where this is more of a Hail Mary, where you're kind of, you've got a little bit more confidence, and I'll, I'll say the word even guts, and you can come along and say, hey, you know what? We've done our research, and we, we do believe that you can get so much return on investments, ROI, payback, whatever it is from using our technology, from doing these steps with us. So you're, you're almost making a promise. You'd be amazed how that one sparks curiosity and go, my gosh, you know, how did you get to these numbers? You know, how, what, how did you get to that? And I always, I always come back to this, sell the meeting, not the product and service. Let's find out, let's unpack that together. So there's four different messages. And what stops us from mixing different messages in the same, same campaign? Yeah. So that, that becomes a lot of fun. And so there's, as you can see, there's a lot of times, a lot of times people think, okay, uh, I'm going to prospect. So I've got my message and I'm just going to keep shooting it, shooting it, shooting it. Wait a minute. Let's, let's look at different media. Let's at different message types. There's a lot of doors and windows in a home. Let's make sure we knock on different doors and windows. So all these things come into play and all these things are taught now in, in a prospecting class. Yeah. You know, you Ooh. mentioned a little bit earlier too, Patrick, uh, you know, LinkedIn, right. As a, you can't do a podcasting or a, a podcast on prospecting without, right. LinkedIn. <laughs> but I mean, I agree with what you, you were starting to go down the path of talking about how oversaturated it's become. It's still a highly effective tool uh, if used right, you know, and yeah. if you have the right mindset uh, around using the tool. So 
you know, what, what do you, what's your thought there? I mean, how do you, how do you effectively uh, use LinkedIn to stand out to prospects? Uh, LinkedIn. I have a bit of a love hate relationship with LinkedIn. I think the first thing uh, I want to tell people and, and granted, I'm going to build on my experience and, uh, and, and who the people who I have the privilege of of teaching now. Uh, The first thing you got to ask yourself is where are your customers? Hmm. Are they on LinkedIn? So uh, I find salespeople, we're very much on LinkedIn. And consequently, we think everyone's on LinkedIn. Yeah. Not true. So at one point in one of my past lives, I was selling to uh, fleet management systems. Long story short, fleet managers, truckers and stuff. I mean, more than that, but I mean, still in big companies, not really on LinkedIn. At one point, I was selling big ticket software items to environment health and safety professionals. Sure, they would have a profile on LinkedIn, but they would never see it. They would nowhere go to it. So the first thing you got to ask yourself is, hey, listen, are the people that I'm going after, and this is true for any medium, go where your prospects are. That's it. If they are on LinkedIn, LinkedIn still remains a fantastic medium of communication. It's from a communication standpoint. It is, of course, the professional social media. Um, You need to, first of all, know how LinkedIn works. Mm -hmm. And LinkedIn, how it works is that when you publish things, it only goes to a partial subset of your network. They'll give it about 24, 48 hours. If they see it's catching on, they'll open it up a little bit more. You need to understand the subtleties like, hey, I'm going to show more your profile when you get into conversations, when you comment things. But the comments need to be five words or more. You can't just put, hey, Andrea, congratulations, because you got a promotion. That's not going to count. So you got to know these little subtleties. Let me give you an example um, of something, because I'll always bring it back. So I want to bring value to my community. What's a good, good thing about LinkedIn is those subgroups. Hmm. And so at one point, I I mentioned how in one of my previous lives, I was selling software to environmental health and safety professionals. And uh, I was responsible for all of Canada. Without going, without boring our listeners or, or even you here, uh, going into details, basically there was a new rule, new regulation, but unfortunately there were different subtleties in every province, in the three territories, and even nationally from a federal perspective. It was really, really hard. We had to figure it out. So me and an analyst got together, took us about four to six weeks, and we built this super Excel sheet that had all the parameters, all the details, all the differences and subtleties for every province. I'm looking at the Excel sheet and I go, man, this is, you know, this thing's good. Like we did something, we, we did something solid here. Took it, spun it around, developed an infograph out of it. Really nice piece. Threw it on LinkedIn to one of those groups. A thing caught like wildfire. Oh. Something you're adding value to the community. You bought something. People who I've been running after are coming to me now saying, Patrick, this is amazing. Thanks so much. I've been trying to get this done. I haven't had any time. This is exactly what I needed to know. Hmm. Now, the hard part then is that when that happens, you kind of want to, you, you right away, the sellers are, and you, you comes around and you want to go, well, you want to buy? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But you can't do that, right? You got to go, well, hey, listen, tell, what do you like about it? You know, what surprises you the most? Get a conversation going. You know, get a relationship going, use LinkedIn that way. From that perspective, it is, yes, indeed, quite 
quite powerful. Andrew, I probably went a little too far, a little too strong on LinkedIn. You can see again, the love-hate relationship kicks yeah, in there no, a little no, no. bit. <laughs> I, I think it's, I mean, listen, this is a reality for a lot of salespeople. And in my mind, it ties back to what you were talking about earlier around, you know, educating the marketplace. If you see that, if you have that mindset and you're strategic, then you can use LinkedIn in a very powerful way to do that. You also said, you know, sometimes salespeople sort of undervalue their own knowledge and insight. I see that yeah. as a head of marketing that people come to me. Do you have, I need thought leadership on this. I need thought, I can't prospect without it. And I, I you know, but yet I listen to them in conversations with customers and they have a lot of valuable insight to share based on their experience. And, and yeah. LinkedIn can be a way that they can do that. But the last thing I'll say about LinkedIn is, you know, I always say to people, and you, you touched on this, LinkedIn has algorithms like anything, right? I mean, there's a way to use it well, uh, a quick Google search, by the way, will teach you a lot. I mean, salespeople need yeah. to be curious about it and use it in the right way over a sustained period of time. So uh, it, it is certainly helpful. And I, I know we're we're getting close to the end of our time here, Patrick. Already? Oh man! I know we've we've covered a, a <laughs> lot of a lot of great information. I'm sure there's much more we could talk about, but uh, because we've covered so much ground, I would love if you would, before we wrap our conversation today, Patrick, maybe just share with our listeners you know, net it out for us. What would you say as they walk away, what are the top three things in your mind that salespeople can do to effectively prospect? And as you say it, you know, gain interest, book a meeting. Um, well, I'll, I'll actually carry on, on your last comment. I'll be the first one it is one I, I am quite passionate about. And, and the reason is sell the meeting, you know, the, don't, don't sell the products and services, sell the meeting, ask for interest. And why I'm so passionate about it. And I enjoy telling it to other people is because it changed my perspective a long time ago. Like it, it made my life a lot easier. Probably would have a lot less gray hair if, uh, <laughs> if, I, if, I, if I knew that a long time ago. Uh, so that, that's gotta be the number one because it has that philosophical look on it and, and just coming in with the right mindset. Hmm. Um, the second one, and I'll, uh, I, I said it uh, sort of midstream here on the podcast is, is do yourself a favor, just talk to the prospect when you're leaving a voice message, when you're writing an email, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, of course, it's, it can't be exactly the perfect script. Hi, Andrea, I'm Patrick. How are you? No, that's not going to work. But just the tone, the approach, you know, what would you naturally, what would I naturally tell Andrea if I saw her at a corporate event and I know I've been running after her? It would be, it would sound much more natural. It'd be a, a more fluid opening. I would tell her why I've been trying to connect with her. And I would ask her a question and see where it goes. So just talk to them. And the third one is back at the beginning, keep learning. Hmm. At the end of the day, when it comes to prospecting, if you're going to sell the meeting, if you're, if I'm going to do a good job at starting my first liners with Andrea and so forth, it's because I got some insight to bring to the table. Be that sponge, be curious, just always learn, make those times golden. Don't displace them. Always, always learn and just make connections, make connections, have fun. You know, just have, you know, oh boy, I could go on forever. I don't want to because we're coming to the end of our, of our podcast, but keep learning and have fun, make connections where people don't necessarily see them. Love it, Patrick. Thank you so much. I mean, putting, I imagine you've put a smile on some of our listeners' faces thinking about having fun <laughs> prospecting. So. so we're going to, we're going to leave them with that. Well, again, thank you, Patrick, for sharing all of your insights today. I know our listeners 
will find them helpful. And if you'd like to connect with Patrick uh, or reach out to him directly with any of your questions, you can find him on LinkedIn. Patrick is on LinkedIn uh, at Patrick Lizott. And thank you to all of our listeners for tuning in today. For more sales tips and best practices, please check us out on LinkedIn at Richardson Sales Performance.